My name is Nicholas Patrick Slopen. I was born in Singapore City on April 10th, 1970. I died on September 28th, 2009, crushed in the wheel arch of a lorry outside Oval Tube Station. This document is my testimony. As will shortly become clear, I have an unknown but definitely brief period of time to explain the events leading up to my death and to establish the continuity of my identity after it. In view of the constraints upon me, I hope the reader will forgive my foregoing the usual niceties of autobiography. At the same time, I will have to commit myself to some details with a certain, and perhaps wearisome, degree of exactitude in order to provide evidence to support the contention contained in the first paragraph of this testimony, that I am Nicholas Slopen and that my consciousness has survived my bodily death. According to convention, I ought to give some account of my birth and childhood, but time is very short, and little of that information is of material consequence to my narrative. The events leading up to my death began with the moment on 15th of April 2009, when I arrived for lunch at the Green Gorse Tavern in Maiden Lane, Covent Garden, shortly before 1pm. I had been invited there by Hunter Gould, who is, as I believe is well known, a figure of some notoriety in the music industry. It's not my intention to disguise or protect any identities in this document. Let them be answerable for what they have done. Hunter, whom I had never met before, had approached me with an invitation for lunch through his secretary, Miss Pratika Chowdhury. In a subsequent exchange of emails, Pratika explained that in addition to his musical interests, Hunter was a keen amateur collector of literary memorabilia, and was seeking my help in authenticating a collection of letters which had been offered to him for sale by a private dealer. Though it was a mild day, I had brought with me a precautionary raincoat folded into an oblong package under my left arm. In my right hand, I held a dented leather briefcase which was a gift to me from my wife, Leonora, and had belonged to her father, Bachmann, who was himself a scholar of English literature, though his principal expertise was in early medieval Farsi poetry. I surrendered the coat to the maitre d', but kept hold of the case, which contained a facsimile holograph letter written by the 18th century lexicographer Dr Samuel Johnson, a back number of Modern Languages Quarterly, a crumpled copy of the Evening Standard, and a sachet of anti-wrinkle cream. I see already I have failed in my resolution to be as concise as possible. Forgive me. It must be hard for anyone to imagine the degree of comfort I obtain from the vividness of these recollections. If only I had the luxury of time, there is so very much more I would like to add. It is hard to relinquish all that I once possessed, the person I once was, and the people I loved however inadequately. More than mere vanity suffers at the conscious abbreviation of so much that was important to me. For the sake of full disclosure, I should explain that I am currently incarcerated in the Dennis Hill unit of the Maudsley Trust. The DHU is a secure facility for people who have been sectioned for their own or others' safety. The WAGs in here call it the Dangerous Humans Unit, it's located in the Royal Bethlehem Hospital, itself a lineal descendant of Bedlam, the notorious insane asylum which provided nuggatory medical care for its inmates, 
but a rather higher standard of entertainment for the fashionable ladies and gentlemen who came to laugh at them. I appreciate that none of these details enhances the plausibility of what I am setting down. The awfulness of my position almost defies summary. I was detained two weeks ago after an incident that took place at the home of my wife and in the presence of my son, Lucius. I'm now being held for assessment under Section 2 of the 1983 Mental Health Act. Under the terms of the section, Leonora is my nearest relative and has the right to request my discharge. However, as far as Leonora is concerned, I have been dead for months. All she knows is that a total stranger burst into her house, berated her, and tearfully claimed to have usurped her dead husband's identity. There's little doubt that I would, in her position, have called the police as well. And yet, here is a paradox. While no longer myself, I have never felt so clearly myself. As grandiose as it sounds, I feel closer than at any time in my life to perceiving the truth of the universe, the penumbra of sacred feeling which rings the real, which constitutes the real, without which we are so much meat and bone whizzing through space. Mono no aware, the Japanese call it, that feeling over things which suffuses their art with stoic melancholy, the only true response to the transience and beauty of our existence. Oh, my poor children. Did anyone care how I knew their names? How many times have these hands bathed their pretty heads? But force of habit misleads me. Not these hands, of course. Not once. <laughs>